0: Matthew chapter 11, if you're reading this, this chapter of scripture, uh, we we see that it starts off that Jesus is ministering, he's teaching, and there poses a question to him by the disciples of John the Baptist, are, are you the one that we're looking for? Are you the Christ? Are you the, the Messiah, the one that has uh, been prophesied to come? And, and Jesus tells them, go and tell John what you've seen. And what you've heard that the blind are seeing that the lame are walking that the lepers are being cleansed that the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them so in the, the beginning of this chapter of Scripture, Jesus reveals and confirms and, and, and we have this picture of who Christ is. Yes, that he is the one that they have been waiting on. Jesus is the Christ. But if you read further down in this chapter, uh, it gets, it gets kind of tough. There's word of rebuke and, and there's woe to the impenitent cities. And, and, and Jesus is, is not you know, holding anything back. He's letting them have it, and he's telling them about, you know, the the corruptness, and he's telling them about the issues there, and and he's rebuking them and, and, and saying woe unto them. And then we get to the end of this chapter, and there's such contrast. Remember, Jesus has already revealed who he is in this chapter, but he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. See, this morning, rest is a good thought, rest is a great thought you think about taking a vacation you're by the beach you've got your your palm tree there you, you're resting you're relaxing that's a good thought but so so often and so many times the actual rest itself seems unattainable. It seems like we can never get rest or we can never get enough rest or or that we can rest after we finish a task or we can rest after we finish a project or maybe when this battle is over, maybe when this trial is over, I can find rest in the Lord. And some people even say, you know what, I'll rest when I die. I've got so much to do. But rest is so crucial in the life of a believer. In the midst of all that we're doing and and all that we're going through and the ministries that we are involved in we need to rest in the middle of it not just after amen psalms 37 and 7 says rest in the lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass so that tells me that we can rest in the Lord and be refreshed even in the struggle, even when evil is around, even when it seems like the enemy is prospering, and, and I personally think that that's a great way for us to confuse the enemy. I mean, the enemy's like, I've got all these people coming against you, I, I've got all these schemes and all these tactics and all these devices that I plan to use against you, but you're here resting in the Lord. What is up with that? We can rest in the Lord in the middle of everything, in the middle of evil amen and the Lord wants us to rest in him today and and rest is something that even as church people I think that we don't understand because we feel like we have to be doing something at all times but rest is needed it is necessary and it is crucial and so there's just a few things in our text that I want to point out today uh, that that just stood out to me and the first one is this that there is an invitation to come an invitation to come. In verse 28, our text starts with the word words, Come unto me. And those are spoken to Jesus. Come to me. And that's what I heard so sweetly this week, just from the Lord. Come to me. And we have to understand that when Jesus said this, it wasn't a hard command or a harsh command. Come unto me. It was a gentle invitation of him saying, Come unto me unto me. Come to me. And and what I love about this is that this invitation given by Jesus was not an invitation about a place that you're going to. Don't come to this place. Come to me. Come to me because I'm the Savior. You're not going to a place. You're going to the Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come to the source. Come to the one that loves you. Come to the one that died for you. Come to the one that knows everything about you. And though Jesus said said it in these biblical times and in these days I believe that this this plea that this invitation it still stands for us year after year after year for us to come and I believe that that invitation was said with so much compassion and so much love behind it you know, sometimes, let's let's just be transparent here, sometimes we, we have harsh tones, sometimes we th- we say things with less than love, and, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I may or may not get aggravated with my husband, and so, you know, when that happens, I he may have an issue, and he may be dealing with it, and it may be that I told him how to do it, and he didn't listen, you know, anybody been there? He's great, by the way, but, you know, I just got to use him and pick on him this morning, but... He may have an issue, and I may have, you know, told him, given him instruction, just like the Lord has given us instruction in his word. I may have given him instruction, and then he can't figure it out, or he didn't do it right. And so, you know, I may respond with, just come to me, and I'll fix it. Come to me, and I'll do something about it. You know, we, you know my, my response may not be gentle, but, you know, we can mess up. We can miss the mark, but Jesus' attitude towards us is never just come unto me and I'll help you. It's always come unto me and I will help you. Come unto me and I will give you rest. You may miss it a thousand times, but you're still welcome to come unto me. I'm not losing my patience with you. I'm not, I'm not just gonna say, you know what, I'm done dealing with you. No, he's a compassionate, loving God that just whispers, come to me this morning. So it said with love. And we have to understand that our God is so approachable. That the veil in the temple was written too so that we have access to him. He is so approachable. And he longs for fellowship with his creation. That's why he sent Jesus. When sin came to divide, uh, there was division in the earth when sin came. It divided us from the Father. But Jesus came so that we could have a restoration of relationship. And he longs for us to commune with him today. He longs for us to just approach him. And to come to him, we just, have to, we just have to do it. We just have to come to him, to pause. How many of you know that sometimes you just got to pause? I mean, you think about different things that people have taught us in our lives of, you know, don't, don't react, respond, wait a minute, don't, you know, somebody says something to you, you don't immediately have to do something. You can just pause and reflect and take it in. You know, in our fast-paced society, we, we just don't take the time to pause. But in our daily life, every single day, we can take a moment to pause and just go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. So who was to come? Uh, Scripture says, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And if we can be honest, I mean, laborers are tired people. I mean, if you've been working all day long, you get home from work, you're usually drained, you're usually tired. Or those who are heavy laden are worn down, they, they've been carrying a lot, they've had a lot of burdens, they've had a lot of, a lot of baggage. And, and so when you're dealing with weary and heavy laden people, sometimes it can be difficult to deal with, to be honest. When I'm tired, I know that personally I can be difficult to deal with. When when people have issues and they're and they're in crisis and 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 they haven't had rest and they're just burdened down with life, sometimes they can be difficult to deal with. If you've ever dealt with somebody who who maybe was younger in the faith than you who was going through something and and they they really weren't rooted and grounded in Christ, and so you know they were kind of just all over the place and, and they were worn out and they weren't taking their burdens to the lord and and, and it's just like you know you want to help them but it's so much they're messy to deal with you you know it's like oh my goodness they're crying i don't i don't know what to do here you you know what i'm saying they weary people and burdened people can be very difficult to deal with and it can overwhelm us as people when we're dealing with others who are burdened, who are weary. And, and sometimes the burden is just too much. I mean, Scripture does tell us to bear one another's burden. But but there is a point when we have to understand that, that we are not God for other people. We can't carry the load. We can't bear it. We can pray for them. We can be a listening ear. We can do what we can for them. But we are not the Lord to just take on their load. And so this morning, we, we have to understand that He alone can bear burden. Yes, we bear one another's burdens and we're there for each other. But he is the ultimate burden bearer. Psalms 55 and 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He shall never, never, never permit the righteous to be moved. If you'll cast your burden, he'll sustain you. If you give it all to him, I promise you, he can handle it. He can bear the burden. And you know, sometimes it's not through a dignified prayer that we cast our burdens to the Lord. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's us coming up to the altar and crying off all of our makeup and groaning because we don't even have words to say because the battle's just been too hard and the emotions of it are too overwhelming. Let's be real this morning. The Lord isn't looking for us to just come up here and be cute and be pretty. He wants us to pour out our hearts to him, to pour out everything unto him and say, Lord, this is what concerns me. This is what I've been dealing with. And Lord, I know that your word says that you will perfect that which concerns me. So today I take my hands off of it. I recognize I don't have the strength or the power to fix it, but I give it to you. I surrender it all to you. It is not mine anymore. I cast it so that I can understand the power of release. I cast it so I don't have to carry it anymore. And I know that when I cast it, you will sustain me. It may not be fixed in that very moment, but you're going to sustain me until I see you move in my situation. Amen. He wants us to release our burdens. Come to him, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're burdened down this morning, you're the one he wants to come. He wants you to come unto him. It doesn't matter how messy you are. It doesn't matter how much baggage you have. It doesn't matter how much wrong that you've done. He just wants you to come to him. But the truth is, is that often we're just too busy and we ignore the invitation to come. Let's just be honest. There's there's days I ignore the invitation to come because we we get task oriented and we go from one task to the next to the next and, and our days are scheduled and, and, and it just seems like it's back to back something. You know, there's never any room to breathe. There's never any room to just sit down on the couch and, and watch TV. I mean, are y'all busy? Y'all busy people? We're busy people. And and so that moment that we do get a chance to relax It's it's amazing. But, But the thing of it is, is that we can't be too busy that we neglect to come to Him. In fact, the busier that we get, the more we need to come to Him. Because the more that we're doing, the more we need His strength. The more that we're doing, the more we need to be renewed into His presence as to not weary out. And can I tell you that time spent in the presence of the Lord is time that is never wasted? Amen. He's a God who redeems the time too. So you you may spend 20 minutes in the presence of the Lord and and you may feel like, "Wow, I didn't have this time to spend because I've got to pack the kids' lunchbox and and I've got to do this and lay out the clothes for the week." The Lord will help you do what you need to get done, but you need to take time in his presence. Every day, the more the more busier you are, the more you need to spend in his presence, because you need it to face the day. You need it to face the task that is ahead. You need the refreshing of the Lord, and time in his presence is time best spent every time. We may waste time watching TV. We may waste time on Facebook. We may, you know, we may spend time talking to others, and, and that's not wasted, but What we do in the presence of God and in our prayer time and receiving from him, that is of eternal and lasting value. What if the Lord's trying to speak to you and give you direction, but you don't come to him? What if the Lord wants to heal your heart of bitterness and he wants to mend you of brokenness, but you won't just stop and come to him? We miss out when we don't come to him. And and really, if we don't go to him, we can't receive rest. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. If we don't come, we won't be able to receive. And sometimes we just don't for whatever reason. And, and, you know, even I today, Lord, I repent for all the times that I just don't go to you because his word tells us that we can and that we should. And, again, it doesn't have to be in a dignified way. You know, you don't have to kneel at an altar to to encounter God. You don't have to kneel at an altar to, to encounter God. Yes, we encounter him there. And, yes, he moves there. But you know what? You can come to him while you're driving down the road in your car. You can come to him when you're walking uh, into work in the morning. You can have your mind set on him. You can have your spirit uh, just focus on him that day. And I remember when I was in high school, I would just walk from class to class just, just praying. Because, I mean, you know, we, we face all kinds of stuff in our world today. We know that the world is wicked. And, you know we understand that. But how do we face it? Every day, I would just walk from class to class, and I would just pray and have my mind on the Lord, and that was my moment of, you know, between every class, I'm coming to you, Lord. I, 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 need sanity for this next class to deal with the people that that I'm dealing with. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, we're we're just we're we're people here today. We're all people, you know. No no big eyes or little use or whatever that saying is. You know, we're we're just all equal. We're all people. We're all loved by God. We all we all mess up. We all fall. We all get. You know, we're we're just in this thing together. And we just have those moments that we have to acknowledge and go to Him and receive from Him. Amen. So there's an invitation for us to come. But also there is an impartation of rest when we do come to Him. Verse 28 tells us that if we come to Him, He said, I will give you rest. Rest is promised and we know that in Scripture that our God is not a man that He can lie. What he says, he will do. And if you look in the Greek, the I there, I will give you rest, that I is emphasized. And I believe that it's emphasized because the rest that he gives is rest that only he can give. You know, we can, we can rest in the natural, we can kick back and relax, but the rest that he gives goes beyond us just laying down. It is a rest that reinvigorates us, refreshes us, and revives us so that we can face life. You know, it's good to sleep in on Saturday till 12 sometimes, but the rest that he gives is for our spiritual health, it's for our mental health, it's for our emotional health. He gives rest. Rest is offered. And you know what that indicates? That weariness will come. Weariness will come in life. But he said, I will give you rest. Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. So We've we've got to rest so that we don't become weary, so that we don't lose heart. And if we we understand in, in Scripture that rest was even modeled, and it began, a model for rest began at creation. Genesis 2, 2 through 3 says, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So even in creation, God rested from his work, and that was the Sabbath. And and Mark 2 and 27, 27 tells us that the Sabbath was made for man, that a day of rest was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. So God, even from the beginning of creation, intended for us and modeled for us that rest is good and that it is necessary. And it's necessary for us as humans in, in the natural. We need rest. Our bodies need rest to be able to function and to do what they're supposed to do. And if you have a lack of rest, then your immune system goes down. If you have a lack of rest, then then you're not your mind's not able to focus and, and you're not able to do what you should do. But then when you rest, it's like that reset and that refreshing so that you can do what you need to do. I mean, when you're sick, what do you do? You rest because it's needed, and because it's necessary. And that's even how it is in our spiritual lives. We cannot be productive, as productive, or as fruitful as God intends us to be without rest. Because when we get weary, we're not going to be able to reap. And weariness robs us from so much. And when we're weary, we miss out on opportunities. You know, when, when we're refreshed and we're ready to go, you know, we've got these spiritual eyes and we can see the opportunities and, hey, there's an opportunity to witness and, hey, I can help somebody here. And, and we're just, you know, on go. We're, we're, we're looking for things. But then when we're weary, we're, we're self-focused. And it's because we're weary. I can't, you know, I can't give 100% when I'm weary because I'm focused on me. I've got to get rest. I've got to reset. I feel horrible. I feel, I feel like I need rest. And so we, we shift our focus onto ourselves. But when we get rest, we can see the opportunities. We, we can minister effectively. And, and we can do what God has called us to do because we're, we're thriving. We're replenished. We're revived. We're in, reinvigorated. And, and I know that we get caught up in a whirlwind of life and we get stuff on top of the stuff that we're already dealing with and it's stuff we didn't expect and stuff that we didn't plan, but it's especially in the craziness that we have to have rest. We just need to stop and we just need to receive it because he gives it. And the rest that we find in Jesus is rest that we can receive peace in. There's sometimes we just, we just simply need peace. You know, we, we we face everything in life and we just need peace that surpasses all understanding. It's in His rest that we find strength and it's just uh, a strength that enables us to keep moving along in the journey, not to give up. And we can experience the love of the Father when we come to Him. And He will give us joy and it will be renewed. So we just have to accept the invitation. We have to receive the impartation of rest. And what we have to do with it is we have to learn. And my third point is the intention to learn. We have to come to him with the intention to learn. Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. And this is such interesting Uh Wording here and interesting language because Jesus was making it relevant to where they were at. He was making it relevant to the language that they heard because, you know, those religious folks that we read about in the New Testament so many times, they referred and spoke of the law as the yoke of the law. And we know that the religious of that day, they had their rules, they had their regulations, they had their form of godliness. And I believe that when Jesus said this, and I love this so much, that when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, Jesus was saying that my yoke is not religion, my yoke is not man's expectations or systems, my yoke is a yoke of relationship. My yoke is a yoke of relationship. It's not religion. You don't have to live up to their standards. You have to live up to my standards, and it's found in relationship. And so I believe that they probably couldn't even quite wrap their minds around really what Jesus was saying to them. I mean, they were used to religious figures as being those who were always trying to point someone else's flaws out and who always had to look the part, but but their hearts were corrupt on the inside, so they probably couldn't they couldn't grasp it because they were used to harsh law and those corrupt leaders. And Matthew 23 and 4 says, For they, referring to the scribes and the Pharisees, they bind heavy burdens that are hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they find themselves, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They like to place the burden on everybody else, but they themselves are not, not willing to, to take it up and to bear it. And living up to the standard of religion and, re- and the religious is a heavy burden for us to bear. But living in relationship with Jesus Christ, it makes the yoke easy and the burden light. Take up my yoke and Jesus said learn of me and this is why he said it because he wanted them to discover for himself or for themselves that he was not the 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 regular religious figure he wanted them to understand he wasn't a harsh taskmaster that was going to strike them down when they did something wrong that he was not the religious that was going to make an example out of them and, and point to them and say you know what you messed up here and so you know what we're gonna stone you or or, or we're gonna show everybody how how much you don't don't have it together. He said, no, that's not who I am. I am meek and I am lowly in heart. I am gentle. I am forbearing. And from me, grace freely flows. He, He was saying in humility, learn of me. I am humble because he relates to us. In all points, he was tempted as we are. He is moved with the feeling of our infirmities and he wanted them to know that he was worth coming to because he understood he wasn't going to strike them. He was going to save them. He was going to free them. He was going to redeem them. They just had to take up his yoke, not the yoke of religion, but a yoke of relationship and learn of him. He was just saying, get to know me, find out my nature, be taught of me and follow me. And that is where true rest is found. And it's found in relationship with the Lord. It's found in the relationship with the Lord. And and we live such busy lives and in such a busy society today that if we don't do things intentionally and we're not intentional about things, things simply won't get done. And that's why we have to intentionally learn of Him. When Tommy and I were dating, uh, when we started out, we, we didn't know each other. In fact, we um, we really didn't know each other at all. It just it just happened. The Lord just worked it out, and it happened. And in our journey of dating, we we went on dates and we spent time with one another with the the goal to get to know each other, to get to know one another. And so we we set aside specific times to go on dates. You know, maybe it was a Friday or maybe it was a Saturday. We planned it and we were intentional about time that we spent together because in our busy schedules, we had to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to plan. All right, we'll look forward to this and this is going to be great. And it was through those intentional times of getting together and sharing and talking, that we were able to learn of each other. And I believe that if we weren't intentional about uh, cultivating a relationship, if we weren't intentional about learning about each other, that we probably wouldn't be married today because we wouldn't have got to know each other well enough to understand, yes, we love each other. Yes, this is a good thing. We wouldn't have been able to get to that level if we wouldn't have invested in it. And that's the the same way about God. The apostle Paul said that I may know him, that I may know him, not just know about him, but that I may know him for myself, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. And this knowing that Paul was talking about was an experiential knowledge. It was Paul himself knowing God. And can I tell you today that even for the most seasoned saint, even for the one that has been serving God the longest There's still so much for us to learn of him. There's still so much for us to learn of him. And and I thought about it on the way here this morning. In Isaiah chapter 6, like one of my favorite ever passages of scripture, we we read about how the seraphim are just, they're continually going around the throne, saying, saying, holy, holy, holy. And somebody said one time that with every revolution, that they had a revelation of who God was. And you think about it, I don't even know, I guess since the beginning of creation, they've been singing holy, holy, holy around the throne of God, and they just continually say it and continually get revelation of who God is. I mean, if that's been going on for so long, even if it's just been like the 23 years that I've been alive, every single time they're going around, they're seeing who God is. That's a lot of God for us to learn and to know about. And we haven't even scratched the surface We've got to learn of him. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to get in his word and and see what he is saying to us. And it's important for us to learn of him because if we don't learn, we're not going to be able to prevent the cycles of weariness. You know, so many of us, we, we get trapped in cycles of going through, okay, I'm going to go through life. I'm going to do this for a little while. I'm going to get weary, and then I'm going to go back to the Lord after you know a certain amount of time, and then I'm just going to live through it again. We've got to break the cycles. We don't have to live in a constant state of weariness. We can be renewed day by day by day by day. Amen. That's why we've got to learn of him. And the more I believe the more that we learn of him and of his nature and of his goodness, the more that we're going to come to him because we understand that we, we can't afford not to that our hope, our source, everything is in Jesus Christ. Yes, we will get weary, but we have to be proactive in guarding ourselves to live healthy Christian lives. Amen. I don't want to just survive from week to week and and from ministry appointment to ministry appointment. I want to be able to thrive in Christ Jesus, to thrive because I'm taking advantage of what he said to me. His instruction is just come and I will give you rest. Come. It is free. It is available. And and we've just got to be renewed think about it like this is if if you mess up a dish, you, you just ate something really good, you mess up a dish and you throw it into the sink and you choose to ignore it. And you know it has to be done. You know that you're eventually you're going to need some clean dishes because you're going to use every one that you have in the cabinet. But you, you throw that dish in there. And then the next day you throw the, another dish in there. And with every meal you're just piling up dishes in the sink. And, and it comes down to maybe you've let a few days pass and you don't have anything to, to choose from. Maybe you're starting to, to eat off your paper plates because, I mean, you don't have any of the china left. You know, and then because you didn't deal with it, you know, it's, it's stinking in the kitchen because you left a little bit of food. I mean, this is, I mean, this is simple, but you didn't, you didn't tend to it. You let it pile up, and so now it stinks in the kitchen. Now you've got ants on the counter because there was something sweet, and you didn't take care of it. And now you have to deal with it because you can't go any further until you deal with it. And now not only do you have to wash the dishes, but it's all at one time, and now you got to get rid of the ants, and you got to get rid of the smell. That's that's kind of how it is when we don't rest. Things just pile up, and then because we're under pressure and we're not resting, then we have more issues, and then it just we have to deal with all these other things. But if we would have just rested, if we would have just washed that first dish and did it on a continual basis, every time we brought something to that sink, it would have been different. And I believe that's how it is today. I hope I didn't confuse you there, but... But it it, it could just be so simple as every day, all right, Lord, it's time to wash the dishes. All right, Lord, it's time for me to come to you. I'm not going to let my spiritual health come to a place of such sickness that I can't even pull myself out of the pit. But no, I'm going to every day be renewed, every day be consistent, every day learn of you and be intentional. And some older folks used to say this quote, you have to come apart before you fall apart. You have to come apart, come aside, spend time in the presence of the Lord before you fall apart. And that's so true for us today. Don't don't fall apart. Just come to Jesus. It's so much simpler. It's so much easier. The instruction has been given. And I, I just believe today that the Lord is saying to us personally, each and every one of us, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, it's just come to me. Come to me. Tell me where you come and start playing. So in conclusion this morning, I just wanted to read a verse of scripture found from the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's ministry was so unique. He had the opportunity to minister to some of the most hard-headed, hard-hearted people. And these people didn't want anything to do with his message. They didn't want anything to do with what Jeremiah was saying. They were unreceptive. And it even got to the point that Jeremiah just said, you know what? They're not receiving it. I'm not going to speak about it no more. I'm just going to hold this in. I'm not going to declare what the Lord is saying. And Jeremiah found out that you just can't do that. He said his word was like a fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah knew that the word of the Lord was powerful and he couldn't hold it in. And Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, we find this. Verse 6 and 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. the way or the where the good way is and walk in it then you will find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk in it he's speaking to them and says do this here's your clear instruction i'm telling you what you need to do to find rest but they simply said, we will not walk in it. And the question that I have for us this morning is how often do we say that? How often do we say, you know, not with our words and not intentionally, but we read the the word of the Lord and, and we read in scripture and he tells us, this is how you do it. This is how you receive. This is what you've got to do. But we choose not to do it. And so, With our actions, we're saying, God, we will not walk in it. We won't receive. It's not good enough. We're not saying it with our words, but what do our actions speak when we don't just simply do what Jesus has said? Will you stand with me this morning? I believe today that the word of the Lord is is clear that in these verses of scripture in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 that clear instruction is given for us to find rest and today we need to accept the invitation to come we need to receive the rest that he gives and we just simply need to learn of him and I believe that when we do that I love this that we will go from wearying in labor and being woefully laden to willfully learning of him and walking lightly. We won't have to bear the burdens. We won't have to bear the loads because we've come unto him and we've cast our burden on the Lord and we said, Lord, I trust you with it. I'm surrendering to you. I'm coming to you today so that I can be in your presence and his presence is here today. And his word tells us that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, everything that you have need of is here in his presence. Lord, we just come to you this morning. God, we come to you and we recognize you as our source, as you being our strength. Lord, you are our everything this morning. Lord, your word tells us that it's in you that we live, that we move, and that we have our being, Lord. All things were created for you, through you, and to you. And so this morning we recognize that everything that we have need of is found in you. And so as we take this moment to pause, as we take this moment out of our week and out of our day just to come to you, Lord, Lord, we come with the expectation of encountering you. We come with the expectation of receiving from you, God. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that each of us individually, God, would not leave here like we came this morning. But God, right now, we cast upon you our burdens. We cast upon you our cares, the concerns of our hearts, God. And Lord, I thank you that there's nothing that is too big or too small. Lord, you care about our family issues. You care about our financial struggles. God, you care about uh, the things that we have to get done this week. You care about us physically, God, and, and how we're feeling in our bodies, God. You care about the sicknesses, God, that we may be dealing with. Lord, everything you care about. Lord, you are so concerned with the details of our lives God you know the number of hair on our head God you you know everything Lord because you formed us and you fashioned us and you knit us together in our mother's womb and you were intentional about us when you were forming us and you are still intentional and mindful of us even now no matter where we're at no matter what we've done God you just say come to us this morning And God, I just pray right now, Lord, that burdens would be released in this place. God, things that we have been carrying, concerns, the things that have been weighing on our minds and weighing on our hearts and keeping us up at night, God. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength as your people just to release it and lay it down. Just to release it and lay it down. Whatever it is this morning, just speak it to the Lord. Just say it to the Lord. Lord, I've been dealing with this or I've been struggling with this or I've got this family issue going on. Say it to the Lord and release it to Him. It doesn't have to be loud. Just whisper it to Him. God, I give this to You. I come to You and I give this to You this morning. And Lord, by giving it to You, I surrender it for You to work how You want to work. I surrender it for you to do what you want to do in my life. And in this situation, I surrender it all to you, God. Lord, some of us may come with with just heavy hearts today, God. I pray that for for the heaviness, the spirit of heaviness, God, that you would give the garment of praise. God, I pray where there has been weeping, God, that you would give joy. Where there has been disappointment, God, that hope, hope would burst forth. Let hope burst forth today in this room, God. God, I pray that those who feel empty and who feel dry, God, I pray that you would just fill them to overflowing today. God, I thank you that it doesn't have to be some dignified way that we come to you. It doesn't have to be some, some system or some form or, or some specific thing. God, we can come to you in our own way. Just lay these things at your feet, and then we ourselves can just receive at your feet. Thank you, Jesus, that you are enough. Thank you, Lord, that you're able. Thank you, God, that you're mindful and that you know today. We just receive your peace, Jesus. We receive your peace, God.